Hello and welcome to the Argus Fertilizer Matters podcast. My name is Claudia Weig and I am the editor of the Argus Fertilizer Europe and Africa reports based in London. Today, for our second episode of 2024, we are taking a look at the Carbon Border Adjustment Mechanism, or CBAM for short. What is it? How will it work? And what does it mean for fertilizer sectors in Europe and abroad? Now, this podcast is actually pretty timely as we have recently entered the transition phase for CBAM. And to talk about this, I'm joined by Mike Nash, Senior Editor for the Argus Fertilizer team here in London. Hi, Mike. Hello, Claudia. Great to be with you. So let's start at the basics. What exactly is the CBAM? So very simply, it's an EU regulation that is designed to encourage fertilizer producers in non-EU countries to green up their production processes if they want to import their products into the Eurozone. So key to this is putting a stop to what is termed carbon leakage. That is either EU-based companies moving their production assets abroad to benefit from the more lax environmental standards outside the EU and moving the fertilizers back into the European Union or EU production is displaced by imports from other countries with less stringent emissions control. So in a nutshell, it prices the carbon emitted during the fertilizer production that's entering the EU and ensures a level playing field between imports and EU-based production. It also complements, and we'll get onto this, and reinforces what we call the emissions trading system, or the ETS. At a more general level, it's part of the EU's wider legislation designed to cut greenhouse gas emissions by 55% compared to 1990. That's the so-called Fit for 55 target, and it also forms part of the wider European Green Deal, the idea to make Europe climate neutral by 2050. And why is it that the CBAM is so important for the fertilizer sector specifically? For the very simple reason that fertilizer industry is very much in the crosshairs of the European Union. The fertilizer industry has been specifically selected along with some others such as iron and steel due to the high risk of carbon leakage the very energy intensity and the high emission intensity of EU fertilizer production and also the fact that the EU imports heavily from outside its own borders. So in terms of specific products, it affects ammonia, urea, some nitrates, plus DAP, MAP, as well as the NPs, the NPS, the NP and the NPKs. So that is pretty extensive, actually. And how is all of this going to work in practice? Do we know this yet? (laughs) Yes, this is where it gets a little bit complicated. So I'm going to try and boil this down and make it as simple as I can. Essentially, CBAM mirrors the ETS and it subjects imports from outside the EU to a carbon levy. And that's linked to the carbon price that's paid under the ETS when the same goods are produced within the European Union. So at the moment, We are just in a purely reporting transitional phase. But as of 2026, the importer in the EU will buy CBAM certificates and they will correspond to the carbon price that would have been paid under the EU's carbon pricing rules. So throughout the year, importers must buy enough of these certificates to cover over 80% of the embedded emissions that are imported in that quarter. Then from the end of May 2027, importers will need to declare the amount of goods imported into the EU in the preceding year and their embedded greenhouse gases. 
they will then surrender the corresponding number of CBAM certificates and the price of those certificates will be calculated depending on the weekly average auction price of EU ETS allowances and that's expressed in euros per tonne of CO2. Okay, so you've been talking a little bit about this uh, ETS, like the EU Emissions Trading System. Could you quickly explain a bit more on what that is and how the CBAM fits into it? Yeah, so there's a lot more on this and how the actual ETS works in this CBAM guide that we're publishing imminently. And that will be available to Argus Fertiliser Report subscribers. And that goes into a lot more detail on ETS itself. But basically, it's what we call a cap and trade system. And it sets an annual cap on the amount of greenhouse gases that companies in those relevant sectors can emit. And it applies to all EU countries, plus a few others, particularly Iceland and Norway. But the important bit here is what we call free allowances. So some companies receive these, and this includes in the fertilizer sector, in order to prevent carbon leakage or they buy within the cap on the ETS trading platform. So unused allowances can be bought or sold for use in the following year. Now it's a cap and trade system because there's a finite number of allowances and that cap is gradually cut year on year to ensure emissions reductions within the Eurozone. As these free allowances though are phased out, the CBAM will be phased in. But one difference is that CBAM is not a cap and trade system, so an unlimited number of these certificates can be bought and the price of the certificate will mirror the ETS allowance price. Right, okay. Now, we have already mentioned that we are in a transition period currently. Can you take us through what the timeline will be there? Yeah, so we entered this transitional phase on the 1st of October 2023. But this is quite pertinent, actually, because we only found out a couple of weeks back that the EU has actually <laughs> extended the deadline for submissions for the first CBAM report by 30 days from the 1st of February. So it had some issues with implementation, some technical problems. So CBAM reports should be filed quarterly during that transitional period up to the 31st of January 2026. Companies can request a delay to their submissions, allowing them to extend the deadline. The Commission is allowing this as a result, as we said, of some technical issues within its systems. So there'll be no penalties imposed by national authorities on those declarants that experience difficulties uploading their first report. And it's possible that to subsequently modify and correct the first three CBAM reports up until the end of July this year. Then at the end of January 2026, we enter what we call the definitive period, which runs to 2034, during which time CBAM will be phased in and those free allocations, those free allowances for fertilizer, EU fertilizer producers will be phased out. So basically in two years is when the whole thing becomes real, so to say. One last question on all this from me. This all seems pretty important and somewhat complicated, but what will the impact be on the European fertilizer sector? Yeah, it's the $64,000 question, really. I mean, we're obviously still in this transitional phase. So the EU is analysing the impact of CBAM all the time, its progress, the impact on trade and on the economies of countries actually outside the EU as well. So it will also give and um, preparing secondary legislation in advance of the definitive period. So there's a lot we don't know. But there are a few things we can say for certain. So carbon costs for both EU and non-EU producers will definitely increase because those free allowances will be phased out under the current ETS scheme. 
Europe's fertiliser sector will face increased competition from new capacity coming online outside the EU with obviously a lower cost base. So EU fertiliser production is at risk due to its location, its relatively high cost of production, its reliance on feedstocks and its age as well. Trade flows will change. They're already beginning to change. We've seen that through other external shocks, particularly with the onset of the Ukraine conflict. So trade flows could change again quite dramatically as the most environmentally efficient non-EU suppliers are favoured. And it could be bad news for farmers as well, because there will be an inflationary impact or potentially an inflationary impact as fertiliser costs rise and producers will try to pass that on down the supply chain, potentially. Significant nitrogen capacity in the EU could be mothballed as a result of this. Currently, there is no mechanism to reduce or exempt EU exports from the increased carbon costs under the EU ETS. So EU exports will be significantly uncompetitive outside of the EU, which could kill exports or certainly hinder them significantly. And a reduction or exemption is something that a lot of EU producers and industry associations across all the CBAM products have been calling for to protect exports. Thank you, Mike. All of this sounds like there are still a lot of questions to be answered and how the details of the scheme will work in practice and also with regards to you know, the potential for the impacts on the domestic production we have here and on the costs to farmers, etc. We at Argus will, of course, keep covering this as it develops over the coming years. In the meantime, if anyone would like to know more about the CBAM, as Mike has already mentioned, we have prepared a dedicated report for our fertilizer subscribers which is either already out at the publication of this podcast or coming very soon, so keep your eyes peeled for that. For now, though, we have unfortunately reached the end of this episode of the Argus Fertilizer Matters podcast. My sincere thanks to Mike Nash, the senior editor of the Argus team here in London, for sharing his thoughts and his insights. It's been really helpful for me, at least, to understand uh, better on how all of this is going to work. Thanks, Claudia. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And as always, thanks for listening. Don't forget to look out for the next episode, which we will record in a couple of weeks. Until then, this is Claudia Beck for Argus Media. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.